0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: So over the past uh, so many years, I've talked about the resurrection. Um, We have talked about uh, the evidence of the resurrection. Um, I think we've covered every angle of the resurrection. Even from this uh, pulpit in this facility, we talked about the resurrection, the evidence of the resurrection. uh, Why the resurrection? How the resurrection? Where the resurrection? I think, again, over 21 years, I think we've covered the resurrection, pretty good. And so this year, I'm not going to talk to you about the resurrection itself. I'm going to assume that you believe and understand that Jesus rose from the grave. He is risen and you say, he is risen indeed. We're going to try that again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And, and the reason that, that I'm going to assume, I think it's a safe assumption, is that the resurrection of Jesus is probably the most historically verifiable fact in all of history. So we'll do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to start by asking you a question. Let me have your attention. I'm going to start by asking you a question, and I believe that it's a question that Jesus himself would ask. And the question is, what do you say about Jesus? Who do you believe Jesus is? If we were to take a camera. Let me have your attention, listen. If we were to take a camera and go over to Crabtree and ask people who Jesus is, here are some of the answers that you might get. Some might say that Jesus was a moralist, a good moral person. Some might say he was right up there with Buddha, Muhammad, and Confucius. Jesus was a teacher of God's law, the embodiment of God's love, a reincarnate spirit master, the ultimate revolutionary, the Messiah of Israel, some might say the Savior. Jesus was a first century wise man. Jesus was a man just like any other man. Some might say he was the King of Kings. Some might say he was a misunderstood teacher, the Lord of the universe. Some might even say a fool who thought he was the Son of God, a fabrication of the early church. And some might even say that he was a carpenter who lived 2,000 years ago. And hopefully this morning, listen, hopefully this morning you'll have a better understanding of who Jesus is and that he is more than a carpenter. I've titled this sermon, More Than a Carpenter. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, we have the scripture text on the screen for you Uh, this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 16. We're going to pick up in verse 13, and then we're going to read through verse 20, and we'll come back and have some comments. Matthew chapter 16 in verse 13. And saints, here's how we do it at Calvary Chapel. If you're looking at verse 13, say amen. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, y'all come on, read this with me. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, in verse 16, answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I, I, I also say to you, verse 18, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church, Jesus said. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then in verse 20, he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Over 30 years ago, Josh McDowell wrote a book titled More Than a Carpenter, and it was a mega bestseller. It sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. Some of you have probably read it. And the title actually tells the whole story. Jesus was more than a carpenter. Let me just take a few seconds and tell you a little bit about the life of Jesus. Jesus grew up in a small town, probably no more than 50 homes in Nazareth. The town was so small, it was in a forgotten corner of the Roman Empire. Jesus' mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, raised him. Joseph was a carpenter by trade and taught Jesus the trade of carpentry. The townspeople knew him very well. Jesus grew up like any other child, doing things children do. Now, in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 2, in Luke's gospel, it gives us the, actually the best record of Jesus from babyhood to boyhood, from boyhood to bar mitzvah, from bar mitzvah to manhood. From babyhood to boyhood, from boyhood to bar mitzvah, from bar mitzvah to manhood. Luke chapter 2, Jesus, the Bible tells us, Grew as a child. And if you have your Bible, I want you to hold uh, Matthew and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Just turn with me really quickly to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And right about in, uh, look at Luke chapter 2, right about uh, verse uh, 41. Luke chapter 241, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the, pa- at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy lingered, Jesus, behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey, and they looked for Jesus among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now it was after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. So Luke chapter 2 tells us that Jesus grew up in a village, school. He was a boy. He grew as a boy just like any other boy. He was a perfect baby, then a boy, then a youth, and then a man. And He didn't come into the world already full of wisdom. He grew in wisdom. And while Mary and Joseph are in Jerusalem, Jesus, we just read it, got lost. Think about it. They lost the Messiah. And get the scene. They're leaving Jerusalem. The women are walking ahead. The men are walking behind talking and fellowshipping. The children are walking behind them, probably. Mary and Joseph are thinking Jesus is with them Walking with the family, so finally Joseph says, Hey Mary, where's Jesus? And, and, and Mary says, I thought you had him. You know how you do parents. Mary says, I thought you had him. Joseph said, No, I thought you had him. You had him last. No, you had him last. And they go back and forth. And of course, Mary being the woman, she has a steel trap mind. Because women have a steel-trap mind. I know y'all ain't gonna say amen, fellas. Your wife's sitting right next to you, y'all ain't gonna say nothing, right? Women, they remember everything. They have a steel trap mind. Mary probably says, Joseph, you're always losing something. I remember back in 1949. Women have a steel trap mind, I'm telling you. They remember things, all kinds of things. It's amazing. So they're looking everywhere for Jesus, and they search up and down. They probably didn't sleep, didn't eat, calling missing persons. Amber Alert, finally. After three days, they find Jesus sitting in the midst of the doctors. Luke 2, 47, we just read it. They're listening to Jesus and asking him questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his answers. This would be like a junior higher discussing physics with Einstein. In the midst of all this, Mary walks up and says, boy, we've been looking for you all over the place. Where you been? Now, Mary, listen, is just like any mother. I think sometimes we look at Jesus and Mary and Joseph and we think, you know, they were different than we are. They were more holy than we are. Listen, they were just like we are. Normal people. I'm sure Mary was like any mother. She's looking around for Jesus. She couldn't find him. She finally finds him and she says, "Boy, where you been?" We've been looking all over for you. Mary is chewing out the Messiah in front of everybody. Y'all moms, y'all know how you are. Moms are like that, aren't they? Moms have no problem embarrassing you in front of everybody. My mother, her name is Gertrude. My mother is from the old school. Now, I'm not familiar with this new culture where children do something and you send them to the car or you give them time out. When I was growing up, we didn't know anything about timeout. We knew about knockout. We didn't know about timeout. We knew knockout. My mother did not play that. I mean, she just didn't. She was from the old school. If you act up in the supermarket, as a matter of fact, just the other day, I'm in the supermarket, and this this little kid is acting up. I guess he couldn't have the goldfish crackers or something. And mom said no. And he was going crazy. He just went off and fell on the floor. And he's yelling and screaming. And mom put the car on the side, and she took him outside and took him to the car, I think, and whatever, and calmed him down or whatever. And I looked at that, and I thought, you know, I remember the days. My mother, Gertrude, if you act up in the supermarket, she will act up in the supermarket. Where my people at? Y'all remember them days? You act up in the supermarket, she would act up in the supermarket. And my mother was good with the shoot. Now, y'all know I'm going way back now. I tell you what, if you're from Child Protective Services, please excuse my following comments, all right? My mother was good with the shoe, boy. You act up, my mother would take that shoe. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she did it. It was like a shoe was attached to her arm or something. She would, like, just take off her shoe, shoot, whap, 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 put the shoe back on and keep on walking. I'm like, how does she do that? I'm like, tore up, knocked out, black eye, lost tooth. And she's looking at the baked beans. Like, ain't nothing happened. Well, Jesus, he's a grown man. He's done miracles and mighty work. So Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is in the area of Caesarea Philippi. Go back to Matthew if you're in your Bibles. Jesus is in the area of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is about 25 miles northwest of the Sea of Galilee, 120 miles from Jerusalem in the Golan Heights between Syria and Israel. And so it's in this area that Jesus retreats with his disciples and he says, Hey fellas, what's the popular opinion going around about me? What are people saying? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now listen, this is the first Gallup poll, the first Gallup poll ever taken, and Jesus already knew the answer. He wanted his disciples to acknowledge that, what, uh, what other people were saying. So they gave him the four most popular answers about who Jesus is. They gave him the four most popular answers. They said, Jesus, some, a lot of people are saying you're John the Baptist or the prophet. And some people are saying you're Elijah because Elijah was a miracle worker. He called down fire from heaven. He could start and stop the rain. He took off in a fiery chariot. He's a miracle worker. And some are saying you're Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. And then they said, Jesus, some people are saying you are the promised prophet spoken about in Deuteronomy 18. Well, in chapter 16, verse 16, saints, Peter piped up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter is saying, you are the Messiah, the anointed one. And not only that, but you are divine. Notice he said, read the Bibles, you are the son of the living God. Not a son, but the son. You are the one and only, and there is no other son of the living God. Jesus said, right answer, Peter. You got this revelation by the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, Pete, This didn't come by flesh and blood. Well, you didn't think of this on your own, but the Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. That's awesome. Keep in mind, Peter, listen, saints, Peter is a smelly, old, untrained, uneducated, unlearned fisherman. And watch this. This untrained, uneducated, unlearned fisherman gives Jesus a deep theological answer that he did not learn in seminary. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that there's anything wrong with seminary. Nothing wrong with seminary at all. I'm just saying nothing replaces, and maybe you'll agree, nothing replaces the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Nothing—I'll wait while you clap your hands there. That's true. You can go to seminary. You can go to seminary four years, six years, eight years, But it's God who calls, and it's God who anoints, and it's God who appoints. Saints, where you at? And it's God who appoints, and it's God who sends. Peter gave him a deep theological answer. If Peter had gone to seminary, his answer would have been a whole lot different. Jesus would have said, who do men say that I am? And Peter would have said, why, you are the eschatological manifestation of the imagno dei. And Jesus would say, what'd you say? what you call me? I'm thankful Peter didn't go digging through some textbook for the answer. You're not just a son of a carpenter. You're more than a carpenter. You're the anointed one, the son of God. If Jesus were living today, he wouldn't be the anointed one. He'd be a criminal. He'd be in trouble with the FDA for turning water to wine without a license. He'd be in trouble with the AMA not the American Music Awards, but the American Medical Association for practicing medicine without a license. He'd be in trouble with the NEA for teaching without a certificate. He would be in trouble with OSHA for walking on water without a life jacket. And the zoning department for building mansions without a building permit. In today's world, Jesus wouldn't be the anointed one, he'd be the hunted one. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah, the power and the presence of God, God's salvation to Israel and the world, you are God. When the baby Jesus was born on Christmas morn, he was God in flesh, he was the God man, He was every bit God. Are you listening, saints? He was every bit God as though he were not a man and every bit man as though he were not God. Theologians refer to this as the hypostatic union of Christ or the two natures of Christ. And to dismiss Jesus or make him less is the spirit of the Antichrist. Do you believe this? What do you say? The Bible teaches there's one God and that one God is manifested in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Father is not Jesus, Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father. They are distinct and yet one. And it was the Father who sent the Son into the world, and the Son grew up and became a man and lived a sinless life. Do you believe this? What do you say? Jesus came in the world willingly and voluntarily, ready to give his life as a ransom for the sin of many. He lived, he walked the earth, and loved, and taught, and cried, and laughed, and they beat him, and they put a crown of thorns on his head, and they mocked him, and they nailed him to a tree, and he died and was buried. So the question is, why did he do it? Why did Jesus die? Well, listen, Jesus died for many reasons. Number one, he died to offer men forgiveness of sin. Somebody say amen. Jesus died to bring us into fellowship with him because our sin broke fellowship. Jesus died to give peace with God and the peace of God. Peace with God and the peace of God. Jesus died so that we could have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. This was God's plan from the beginning of time. It was God's plan that Jesus come to the earth and be crucified by the hate of men. Jesus, don't make this mistake. Nobody took Jesus' life. Listen to, Pastor. Nobody took his life. The Bible says he Willingly gave his life. He voluntarily gave his life for our sins. No one took it, John ten seventeen. Therefore, my father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. And no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Isaiah fifty three, four and five. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Jesus lived a selfless, sacrificial life. And then he went to the cross, and he died to pay the price for our sins. And three days later, here comes the good news. He physically, bodily walked out of that cold tomb. He is alive. He is alive. And today... Today, today, the tomb is empty. I know. I went there. I saw it. Or didn't see it. Travel to Israel. People take tours to Israel. And they go to see the tomb. The garden tomb. And basically, you're going to the tomb. You're going to see nothing. Because you go into the tomb and there's nothing there. Why? Because Jesus physically, bodily, rose from the grave on Easter Sunday morning. Am I right about it, saints? And he walked the earth for 40 days, and he ascended back up into heaven, and someday he's going to come again. Do you believe this? And what do you say? Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that he is? Jesus asking each one of us this morning, what do you say? Peter answered from the heart, not the head. Peter said, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. That is the question we all have to answer, and it will determine your faith and your fate. The world will try and diminish and minimize Jesus and tell you that he was a good teacher, a moral leader. They'll describe Jesus with every adjective seeking to flatter Jesus. And the goal is to undercut or discredit the truth of his life. Are you listening? It's a concoction of platitudes meant to placate people so they will be confused. In simplest terms, it's a lie. Jesus was more than just a man. He was more than the son of Mary. He was more than a carpenter. Scholars try to deny him. Politicians try to contain him. Atheists try to mock him. You got to know who the real Jesus is so that you'll be saved. You see, because everybody has an appointment with God. Hebrews chapter 9, Verse 27 tells us every person in this room has an appointment coming up. When you take your last breath here on earth, you will take your next breath at your appointment in the presence of God. Hebrews 9:27 tells us and it is appointed for men to die once but after this judgment, Hebrews tells us the appointment is once. The Bible is clear. We'll all stand before the presence of the Almighty God. Do you believe this? And I don't know if anybody has told you lately, but I mentioned it earlier. Miss Elvira mentioned it earlier. And I want to tell you again in case you got in a little bit late. God loves you today. God loves you. You might not even love yourself so much right now. You might not even love yourself so much right now. You might not think much of yourself right now. I know how that is. But God loves you, and he thinks much of you. As a matter of fact, his thoughts toward you are more than the number of the sand on the seashore. God is always thinking about you. The sun was so much more than a carpenter. He was a God who loves us. For for God so loved the world, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Bow your heads and your hearts. Father, we love you today, worship team. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for your great love toward us. We thank you.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 May you be salt and light.